All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of What's My Line. I'm coming to you live from the studios here in North Hollywood, California. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, one of my favorite people, not only in Austin, not only in Texas, but all over, Miss Emily Crimmins. How are you doing today, Emily? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you, Chris? I am doing great. Fantastic. Never better. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, I think you posted a while ago, like this ad of us at the draft house, and I finally saw it at the draft house here in LA. Oh, you did? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's yeah. Really... It, yeah, it just appeared like I was waiting for my movie to start, and was, they were like doing like their little advertisements, like, oh, draft house, draft house is all over. And then there our picture was, it's like, oh, wow, there it is. <laughs> yeah, that was so awesome. Whenever I saw that, it was from that event that we went to um, for film week. <clears throat> okay, yeah, I was trying to figure out when this happened, and I was like, I don't remember this picture being taken, but cool, all right, whatever. I want some, we were, I want some money draft house for this, for this advertisement. Um, and also, I don't know if you realize this, it's also the three-year anniversary this week, or either this week or last week, of when we first met at my, uh, my movie premiere. Oh, nice. That's cool. No, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah and it just popped, it popped up on my like Facebook mentions, and I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> nice. We'll have to thank Anna again for inviting me to that. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And then I, I like how we were all matching, even though we didn't plan, we didn't plan on it. But <laughs> That's how you know it's meant to be. Exactly, exactly. So Emily, you, um, I'll just tell people what you, what do you do? You, you work for this uh, non nonprofit organization called Women, Women's Storybook Project, correct? Yes. So I have been like volunteering with the Women's Storybook Project for about four years now. So I started working with them through St. Edwards uh, University here in Austin as like a short internship, and then I really kind of fell in love with the organization and the like people that work in it. And so I continued working with them. And now I'm basically the volunteer coordinator for their holiday book drive, which is a way that they try and gather a lot of their donations to be used throughout the year. Gotcha. gotcha. How, how long has this organization been around? Um, so it has been around since 2012. It was actually based on an idea that the founder um, came across when she was in Kentucky visiting some friends and heard of a similar organization. And she said it just really moved her. So she brought the idea back to Austin and pretty much got to work. What was her, what was her name? Judith Dolnig. Dominic, okay, okay. So you, so you, you've been doing this since since David. So they started in 2012, and you started what around 2017, correct? Uh, 2015, and then yeah. like working on and off with them ever since. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, because last year I helped out with the holiday drive. It was at Barnes and Noble, correct? If, if I remember yes. right. 
Exactly. <laughs> and it's actually at the same Barnes and Noble again this year. It's starting this upcoming weekend and they're hosting us for November and December this year. This is the first time you guys are doing it for both months. You asked because last year was just just the one month in November, right? Yes, last year it was just one. They've hosted us for two months um, before, but it was several years ago. Um, but they just really like the organization so much that they wanted to give us both months like this year. And it went really, really well um, last year with all the book donations that we got. So they were pretty excited to have us back. Well, chat me up on, on this book drive. We're, for the book drive, what exactly are the books going to and how can people kind of get involved with it? Sure. So all of the book donations that we receive are like sent to the prisons and just to give people an idea of, you know, like what the Women's Storybook Project does is we connect children with their incarcerated mothers through books. So our volunteers travel to prisons across Texas and go sit with a group of incarcerated mothers and then they record them while they read a children's book to their child or children and then they send the book and the recording to the child. So I always like to tell people that, you know, every book we receive is going to a child in need so all of the book donations that we get are going to be sent to the prisons to eventually be distributed to children with incarcerated mothers yeah then um when you're talking about this last year i always kind of spoke out to me because these these children with you know with their mothers in prison they it's a way to kind of connect with them even though they're not around and that was just really that was very like heartwarming to hear like okay we can still just because their moms are somewhere else doesn't mean that they can't still be a part of their lives, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, of course, like I've had people tell me before that, like, they don't feel comfortable with, you know, helping women in prison because, you know, they're there for a reason. Yes. But what we try to focus on at the Women's Storybook Project are the children because there's no reason that they should have to suffer because of a mistake that their parents made. And so I always like to just make that very clear, you know, because a lot of kids with incarcerated parents end up going down the wrong path and going to prison themselves. And so one of the goals of the Women's Storybook Project is to like curb that statistic and like make sure that there's a strong connection between the children and their mothers and that we get them interested in literature and ideas and they're using their imaginations. So there's just so many benefits like to the program overall. I could go like on and on. <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely agree with you that yeah, the, the children shouldn't be punished for what, what, what parents do like, yeah, just because their mothers are in prison doesn't mean that they still can't be a part of their kids' lives, you know? Right, definitely. And, you know, like, the women are in prison are trying to better themselves, too. The only way that they can get admitted into the program is if they are on 90 days of good behavior. And if that's broken, they actually get, like, taken out of the program. And so the women who are in 
the Women's Storybook Project really want to be there. And it's really, really special for them, too, because, I mean, some of the kids were babies when they went to prison. And so the recording that they hear might actually be the first time that they've ever even heard their voice. Have you, have you I know you're, since you're part of the project, but have you ever like, gone to one of the prisons and recorded the moms? Yes, I have. I've been twice now um, to two different prisons. It's definitely a very humbling experience because, you know, you go there and I think I went to a like, high security prison called uh, Mountain View. And yeah, it's just it's just really crazy like going in there and then you sit with the women and you you have to be careful about what you say you can't get too personal and you can't wear certain things but then you know they really open up and it's a very like emotional um, experience to sit there and talk with them and you can just tell that they really love their children and like want to connect with them Now, um, if what kind of like books do you have? Do you guys record? Is it could it be like short stories or like a Harry Potter or like a Lord of the Rings or like a Catcher in the Rye? What is there any particular book that you guys don't use, or is it just any any books? So we have to steer away from like a couple of different categories. So first of all, we're not allowed to bring in any books with stickers, and that's just because like you know the rule of like having no contraband or no like way to like sneak things in and so um we're not allowed to have any stickers and then we steer away from religious books as well um just because like we're not uh like religiously affiliated organization um and then any ones with like cds or anything like that will generally like remove the cds but our like books and the age groups range from like infant all the way up to seventh grade so there's a variety of different books that fall into the different age groups i mean you've got the classics like curious george and uh, you've got like you know dragons love tacos and like short chapter books like junie b jones and there's just so many different types of donations that we receive and we do have like harry potter as well i don't know if catcher in the rye would <laughs> fall fall into the categories but i do love that book <laughs> Oh, no, it's one of my favorite books too. <laughs> now, you, you uh, we mentioned Barnes and Noble. Is there any other bookstore that you guys are affiliated with, or that you you go to for the donation sites? Um, we don't have like any other annual book drives, but we do have like different events at Book People um, sometimes. So um, there is. A, a teenager that's been working with the women's storybook project named Besher. And he 
found out about our organization at the holiday book drive at Barnes and Noble. And he was only eight years old and he got super involved after he found out about it. He just loved the idea and wanted to like help all of the children impacted by incarceration and so he he's a tap dancer and he started tap dancing for book donations and he's raised like thousands of books over the years (laughs) and he would do like tap dance shows at book people um to like bring people in so we we do like have events there sometimes, but they don't host us for like long periods of time for book drives or anything. Gotcha, gotcha. Maybe if you uh, joined in on the tap dancing, they would uh would host you guys longer. <laughs> They'd probably donate, so I wouldn't tap dance anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever helps, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's, yeah, true. <laughs> So it's starting this weekend and it goes till the end of December or like till, or does it go like a little into January as well too? It goes until the end of December. So um, we'll have volunteers in every Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 5. And it's pretty cool because we're working with some different nonprofit organizations this year and they helped us last year. So we're working with Austin allies and generations serve this year and there's one other nonprofit that we're working with as well that they like just signed up but their name is escaping me so i'll look it up really fast <laughs> now this is just like you mentioned austin is this, is this just a texas thing or is it going to be expanding like nationally it's just a texas thing um currently and I think a lot of that has to do with just like the sheer logistics of everything because like you know the state of Texas has so many prisons and even just to drive to one of the or several of the 11 locations that we visit it can take the volunteers you know like three or four hours just to arrive to volunteer And uh, so then they have to come back as well. Um, I think, I mean, ideally they would want other states to like join in and like start a similar um, program. But yeah, I don't know if, uh, if, and if, and when it would move to a more like national uh, reach. If it ever does come out, if it makes its way out to California, I'll be the first one to sign up. You, you can bet on that. I feel like a program like the Women's Storybook Project would do really well in California, too. <laughs> so I'll definitely let you know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So after this book drive, is there any other events you guys planned for, for 2020? Um, we're always involved with Amplify Austin, so we will probably have, uh, um, you know, some type of event. Like we try to have an event around Amplify Austin to drive donations. Um, so I know that we have that planned. And this past weekend, we 
we're at the Texas Book Festival. So we do the Texas Book Festival every year as well. And I think, um, yeah, that that went really well. A lot of people stopped by the booth, which was nice. And then we have like, you know, random events like throughout the year uh, as well. And a lot of our volunteers will host open book parties. So they'll have people over at their house and then tell them about the organization and then encourage them to either like volunteer or like donate, um, you know, some type of contribution. Gotcha. Gotcha. What, um, kind of explain a little bit about Amplify Austin. What exactly is it? So Amplify Austin is an event that happens for hundreds of nonprofits across the Austin area. So sponsors and like nonprofits can sign up to have sponsors match donations. So all of these events like happen across the city and different nonprofits will ask people to donate. And so like when you do donate, if you're backed by a sponsor, then they'll match your donations and it only happens for, you know, three days. So it's like a mass like donation drive, basically. What month do they usually take place in? It's usually in March, right around South by Southwest. Oh, okay. That's perfect. Kind of a little, little synergy with South by. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's usually um, early March, I believe it was like the third and fourth last year, if I remember correctly, but it's always around like that time. But yeah, it's a pretty huge event and hundreds of nonprofits receive like money because of it. So it's pretty amazing. Now is a woman's storybook, is that the only nonprofit you're part of? Um, I also work with the Austin Bat Cave. So the Austin Bat Cave offers free writing workshops for children, and they also do like writing workshops for adults as well. Um, and they also have like different events. Like just recently, a couple of months ago, we hosted a buzzed spelling bee <laughs> at Cheer Up Charlie's. So um, people would sign up and like pay a certain amount to be a speller and then like have some drinks and <laughs> try and like spell some pretty difficult words. So we we did really well um, with that in like the donations that we received because we had like a raffle going on as well. And you could like buy people back in or you could like buy a shot for a speller. So it was really fun. We had a really good time. Oh, that sounds fun. Was um, what was some of the most difficult words that they said? If you could, if you can remember, man, I actually I have like a whole list of them actually somewhere because we were trying to come up with different words to ask people, and I'll have to think about that and let you know. I'm sure one's gonna like come to me, and then I'm just gonna like blurt it out while we're talking about something else, but <laughs> I can't remember. Well, have you ever participated in these uh, in these buzzed bees? <laughs> no, I haven't. I actually just got started with the Austin Batcave about a year ago, so I'm still a pretty like new 
um, person on the associate council. So we just like try and put on different events and like, you know, raise money like for the organization and just like help the board as much as we can. But it's pretty cool because I actually got involved with Austin Batcave through um, another women's storybook project volunteer who is a part of the board. (laughs) So it's kind of funny how they're just all connected. So she, so she saw you working with for with a woman's storybook, and she's like, "Hey, do you want to join Austin Batcave?" Yeah, pretty much. I sat next to her at a dinner, and we just like got to talking, and then she was like, "Just thought I would be a good fit for the associate council." So I gave her my business card, and then she put me in touch with all the right people, and I went in and kind of did like a little interview if you will it was more of just like a chat over coffee but and then yeah i started working with them nice nice it's good that it's good to have those kind of those projects kind of linked itself together for you right i know it it was pretty cool (laughs) it's nice how it worked out is there any other nonprofit that you're looking to join or is it like or any that's kind of like you're seeing, like that's on the horizon that you want to promote out there? Um. Well, I've been working with like Brooke Elementary and I wouldn't necessarily call this program, like it's not, I mean, nonprofit per se, but they have a mentor program that I've been, um, I joined like last year. And so you go have lunch with an elementary school student that might be like struggling. So I've been going and having lunch with, um, I went last year when she was in fourth grade and now she's in fifth grade, but her name is Gina. So I go and have lunch with her. So I don't know. Um, I guess it's kind of funny because all of the organizations and nonprofits that I work with all revolve around kids. <laughs> so I guess if I were to like start helping with another nonprofit, it would probably follow that same theme. I I like working with kids and I think it's cool to I don't know, just chat with them. I feel like me and Gina have become really close and it's just really funny like watching her like grow up just even in the last like year that I've known her. <laughs> oh, it's like it's like you're her big sister. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. But it's just kind of nice to have that connection with her and she's always really happy to see me and I just feel I feel like people should treat treat kids like they you know know more than the people give them credit for because I just feel like she's so smart and she's so perceptive and I just don't know if people realize that about kids all the time I I definitely agree people don't give kids enough credit especially it's I mean it's cliche but like kids are the people who are going to be are the next generation they're going to be the ones leading the charge so you always want you want to take care of them you don't want to you don't I don't I don't like the people who just talk down to kids always like you know like with you and your you know I'm gonna call her your little sister with you and your little sister you like you work with each other you talk with each other not you don't talk down to her you know 
Yeah, definitely. I always try and talk to her like we're equals. And I just think that's important and it kind of builds kids up, you know? So. Oh, definitely. Like I, going from my own experience, I always respected the adults who wouldn't like, who would treat me as an equal, as an equal, not the ones who would just talk down at me just because I was a kid, you know? Yeah, definitely. Me too. It's funny because you can like see right through it even at a young age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because kids are kids are so are so much more perceptive than people think. Definitely. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm sure I'll find another project that sparks my interest. I feel like they kind of tend to find me more than me like searching for them. <laughs> so which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's like you're in the always in the right place at the right time. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Now, um, Emily, I don't know, but people don't, obviously don't know this about you that you like to travel quite a bit as well, right? I do. Yes, I I really like to travel. I was fortunate enough to be able to travel quite a bit this year, which was really nice. I right, where 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 are some of the places you've gone to? Um, earlier this year, I went to Cuba and I also went to Costa Rica. It was my first time going to both countries and they were both really incredible in their like own unique ways. And I was able to also go to New York and Chicago and San Diego. So some of those bigger cities and I go back to Houston all the time because my family lives there. So it's been a really fun year. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Going to Costa Rica and Cuba. I, I like to travel, but I still, I still haven't even gotten a passport yet. So I'm always traveling all over the U S so maybe I always, I always say I'm going to get a passport. I'm going to get a passport, but I always just put it off. I always say, Oh, I'll get it next year. And the next year comes like, Oh, I'll get it next year. <laughs> yeah just do it i love traveling internationally it's very thrilling and i just think it's so interesting to learn about other countries like cultures and to kind of just immerse yourself what are uh, some international places that you haven't gone to that you you really want to go to i really want to go to Ireland. Uh, I think that my family and I are going to go this upcoming year or the following, and we're going to make it like a tour of the United Kingdom. So we're going to go to Ireland, Scotland, and England. Um, also really love to go to Asia, um, specifically like Thailand and Vietnam. Um, I have not been anywhere near that part of the world, and I think it would be really like cool to check out. I'm also really interested in like, Eastern Europe. One of my aunts is from Albania, actually, and so we were talking when I was in San Diego, and they were suggesting that I go with them to Albania one year. So I've definitely got my site set on quite a few places <laughs> new zealand is another one on my list because i've heard it's so beautiful yeah new zealand's on my list uh australia london japan 
like if I ever do get a passport, I'm going to say if, because I'm not going to say when, because I, I'm probably going to keep pushing it off. But if I ever do get a passport, that's those are the places I would go to. London, Japan, Australia, New Zealand. Oh, and then uh, Nigeria, because I have a lot of family there. So Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, you should get one, and let's go on a trip together. <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll say this. Trips with me are, well, they're, they're always fun, but I get wild on trips. Just, just, just so you know, people, people need to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> I can respect that. Do you have any upcoming trips coming up after after the uh, Starbucks stuff? Um, I don't have anything like set in stone. I'm well. I'm going to Chicago for Thanksgiving to go hang out with my cousin. So that's my next upcoming trip but i don't have anything big planned for next year yet but i'm definitely have to start buying tickets soon i like to buy tickets way in advance when they're super cheap and then just look forward to it for several months i'm <laughs> honestly uh, on the opposite i i buy tickets very last minute even though i'll plan for trips in advance i'll like i'll wait until like it's a month before and i'll say oh i'll finally buy a ticket right now we'll see <laughs> that's funny yeah i'm complete opposite like i bought my ticket to chicago like three and a half months ago <laughs> <laughs> it was so cheap though it was only like 120 dollars oh round trip for just one way round trip oh, nice nice yeah i usually well, while I like wait for my plane ticket, I always like get my like hotel taken care of right away. Like I always make sure, okay, I got a, I got a place to stay. That's taken care of, and I'll, I'll worry about the plane later. Nice, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I I always am like, all right, plane ticket, and then I'll just sleep on someone's couch. <laughs> <laughs> no, my um, the next couple trips I have planned are. I'm going to Tampa in April, and then I want to go to Chicago sometime next year because I always I have never been to Chicago. Boston's gonna happen next year too, and then and then a trip to San Diego. Then obviously I'll come I'll come home to Austin every so often. So nice, good, <laughs> glad to hear that. Chicago is really cool. I think you would really like it. Oh, what's your favorite part of Chicago? Um. I just like the the feel of this city like whenever the last time I was there I mean this is like super touristy but I went on the architectural boat tour with my cousin and that was like, pretty awesome I really enjoyed that and um she's actually in a punk rock band called No Men and so it just so happens that like every time I'm in town. They have a show like around the same time. So I'm pretty excited about their their upcoming show in November. Um, I believe it's the day before Thanksgiving. So yeah, that's going to be at the Empty Bottle, which is this like pretty cool bar. There's a lot of really interesting like dive bars in Chicago. So I'm going to go check that out. I guess my favorite part is honestly just hanging out with my cousin, kind of exploring the city. <laughs> That's always good. That's always good. 
<laughs> Would you say, okay, what's better, Chicago or New York City? Ooh. New York City. <laughs> 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 Except for the fact that my cousin doesn't live there, but I love New York City so much. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to be able to go there three times this year and it's just such a cool place. I love how like fast moving it is. And every time I went there, I went like by myself. So I kind of just got to like move at my own pace. And yeah, I just loved it. It's very energizing. You've been to New York several times before, right? Yeah, um, I actually, I went for the first time last, last, uh, last October. And then I've been, go I've been going back for the past three times in the past in the, over the past year because I just love the yeah. city so much because every time I go it's like I'm finding a new thing to do and like you said the city's so fast moving I'm always there for like maybe like three to four days I'm I always say oh, I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that and I don't and I don't end up doing those things but it's but it's it's great because that makes me think okay I want to just come back and, get, and do those things even though I'm probably not going to like I keep saying <laughs> I want to go to the Empire State Building Still hasn't happened. <laughs> I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk the Brooklyn Bridge. Still hasn't happened, even though I've like done the cruise around the Brooklyn Bridge. But I at least want to say I want to walk the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, totally. I walked the Brooklyn Bridge last time I was in New York, and it was such a nice day too. It was pretty awesome. I really want to go to the Color Factory too, which is oh, this. Wow. Really I want. I want to do that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, since you don't have a passport, maybe we could just go to New York together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, there's some like great places in Manhattan that I like little divey bars that I found. If you're if, if anyone listening, whoever's whoever's in, in Manhattan, like in the Times Square area, there's a place called Barcelona. Great, great dive bar, great drink specials, and they'll they even have like a special of like nerdy stuff where you play like or you get like the Indiana Jones shot, and they play the Indiana Jones theme, and the bartender puts on the hat and the whip. Oh my god! Really? Yeah, it's awesome. I cannot recommend that place more. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty fun time. Yeah, yeah, and also we could. If, I don't know if you, I don't know if you're a Friends fan, but most people are. You could run like Phoebe and the Friends in the uh, Central Park. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. I did, the, I did that one year, and I had people like looking at me like, "What is this guy doing?" It's like, it's Phoebe from Friends, guys. I'm running just like her. And they're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Next time we'll get you a wig. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Then maybe people will get it. <laughs> a little a little side story. So um, the last time I was in New York, I went with my buddy Chris, who's been on this show. And it was his first time there. And we were coming back. I think we were coming back from watching the... Yeah, we were coming back from watching the uh, Yankees game when they were in contention for the series. Um, but yeah, we were coming back from watching the Yankees game. He wanted to go to Central Park. It's like, But it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to walk in Central Park at 3 in the morning. You're out of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, the next day when, when he finally got to see... Because he, he hadn't been there, so he wanted to see Central Park. But the next day we went to Central Park. He's like, oh, yeah, this place is huge. I don't want to get cut up here at night. It's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's that'd be a pretty bold move, going to Central Park at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I'm really glad that we didn't do that. <laughs> Seriously. Have you ever been to the castle in Central Park? 
No, no, I haven't. I haven't. It's pretty cool. <laughs> There's like a little tower that you can climb up and you can like see a pretty nice view of the park. But yeah, I had no idea it was there until one of the last times that I went because I used to go to New York a lot as a kid because my dad is from um, New York and I have family there. So yeah, it was funny. He used to get so mad at me like when we'd be walking by Central Park because I would make eye contact with the vendors <laughs> and he'd always be like never make eye contact because then they will like just follow you for so long it's so crazy <laughs> oh, it's kind of like the uh oh i don't know what you want to what you call them like the people in times square where they're like how they're dressed up in like costumes it's like the first time I went there, I made eye contact with one of them, and they, they started following me, like, hey, picture, picture. I was like, uh, sure. And we took a picture, and they're like, all right, $5. I was like, uh, no, I did not <laughs> want to take this picture, so I'm sorry, I'm going to go. And they just kind of <laughs> like, like a hump and then walked off. I was like, all right, well, I mean, I didn't say I wanted to take a picture of you. <laughs> Man, it's a classic move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but hey, you got a cool picture out of it, so yay. Yeah, right. Okay, so um, you mentioned like your parents were, or your dad was in New York, and also in Houston. What kind of? I was wondering what brought you to Austin. Um, it, it was actually like just a pretty random decision. Um, so a couple of my friends were talking with me and they're like hey we're gonna move to Austin like do you want to come and I was just like all right sure <laughs> so they you know we all moved to Austin and how how long had you been in in Austin well I I'm born and raised yeah okay. born and raised Right. And then I went to school in Dallas and then I came back. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I, I knew that you had like left at some point. So do you remember those apartments off of South Lake Shore and Pleasant Valley? Like at the corner yeah. right there? <laughs> so whenever I first moved to Austin, we lived in those apartments. And it was like such a terrifying yet like pretty interesting and cool experience because there's just like a lot of crime that happened like in those apartments and thank god like I had some really cool neighbors this guy like Hector and his wife and kids and he like looked out for me so hardcore because after I moved here I was 19 when I moved to Austin and I didn't have a job and I had you know, some money saved up from bartending and we were paying seven twenty-five for a three bedroom. Like it was insane how cheap it was. And so I just like immediately started looking for a job on Craigslist and found one at Kane and Abel's on West Campus. Granted, like I didn't even know what West Campus was. And so it, my friends kind of looked for jobs, but didn't really and kind of just like partied a little more and I mean I was partying too but I still had a job and was making money so um so they ended up moving back to Houston and then I like stayed um and like finished out the lease in my at the apartment and then ended up moving in with Madison and 
then the rest is history. <laughs> I've been here ever since. Would you ever leave Austin? Would you ever like move to another place? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, but I don't know. I guess I'm just like kind of undecided on where. I mean, I feel like I would love living in like New York City or somewhere on like the East Coast, but then I also think California is really cool and Chicago. So I don't know. I guess I. I'm still going to stay here for several more years, but I'm definitely open to moving. I've even considered like Colorado as well. So kind of all over the map. (laughs) Well, I got to say, I'm a little biased towards California. So (laughs) obviously. (laughs) But, But yeah, I'm glad that you are liking California though. So awesome. Like what you're doing out there. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Great. Like, um, this, this transition is, I'm not, I'm not gonna say it's been easy, but it's a lot, it's not as hard as I thought it was. So everything's kind of coming together. Like I've been working on, working on a lot of projects that unfortunately people listening, I cannot say on air, but <laughs> I can definitely tell you <laughs> after, we, after we wrap on this, but yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Like, I never thought at the beginning of the year I'd be where I am now, and I'm just thankful for everything. Good. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really happy to hear that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Emily, uh, since we're coming up on the, towards the end here, uh, put yourself over. Where can people find you at, and where can people find information on the Storybook Project and uh, Austin Batcave? So if you go to storybookproject.org, you can find all kinds of information on the Women's Storybook Project. And even if you just like Google it really quickly as well. Uh, We also have an Instagram page. It's Storybook Project Texas. Uh, So please follow us and, you know, share whatever you can. Um, the Austin Batcave is like, super easy to find on um, the internet as well. Let me see. I believe theirs is austinbatcave.org, but let me <clears throat> just double check. Um, yes, it is. So their website is austinbatcave.org. And then they also have an Instagram. And let's see. Sorry, I'm just making sure I give the right information. Good. <laughs> it's just yeah. <laughs> so their Instagram handle is Austin Batcave. So right to the point. <laughs> Yeah, they um, give them a follow too if um, you want to check out like what they're doing. They post some really cool stuff too. Yeah, guys, definitely if you're in, especially in the Austin area, definitely check these two organizations organizations out. And the for the book drive, where where's it located? Which Barnes and Noble is it going to be located at? So it's located at the Sunset Valley Barnes and Noble. 
5601 Brody Lane. <laughs> so it's um, just down south, like past um, 360 off of 290. So it's super easy to get to on the highway. And we'll be there every weekend of November and December on both Saturday and Sunday. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, like like she says, guys, check it. Definitely check them out. I did it last year. If I could be in Texas this year, I'd definitely do it again this year too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, no problem. No problem. Well, Emily, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, kind of for educating me on Woman's Storybook Project and uh, Austin Bat Cave. We'll definitely have to have you back on some other time as well too. We can talk travel plans, plan a New York trip together, or if I, if, like I said, if I do get a passport, plan an international trip. We'll see, but. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun talking with you. Yeah, you too. You too. You too. All right, guys, that's a wrap, and I'll see you guys next time.